Welcome to the weakness service. If you find yourself today strengthless, maybe it's some physical affliction, maybe it's some mental depression or anxiety or mental obstacle, maybe in some relationship you've tried and tried and it gets worse instead of better, and you find yourself for no other, uh, no better way to say it, strengthless, unable to do anything about it in your own control and power. I want to welcome you today to the weakness service. If you find relationships, especially uh, someone in a relationship with you, that they just seem for, the, for maybe reasons you don't even know to have your ill in mind, maybe someone in your family that once you were close to or you never have been close to, but it's, oh, you've needed it so deeply. But somehow you are strengthless and powerless in the face of the dysfunction and the separation and the hostility and the woundedness. If you can name that in yourself, some weakness, some place where you're strengthless, then I want to welcome you, according to our epistle lesson today, to the weakness conference. Jesus says through Paul's example in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that those places where we are weak, strengthless, the Greek is a, a little bit more specific about, without strength. Jesus says in those places that there is an optimum opportunity for us to connect with him, his presence, his good intentions, his grace, his transforming and enabling power. Those can become, if you will, tents of meeting, a tabernacle, a place where God comes and dwells. And our communion and connection with him flourishes the greatest. I taught at Columbia International University for 12 years before coming here a couple of years ago, coming back here a couple of years ago. And there was a professor there that really was, every campus has a few of these. Uh, this professor was everyone's favorite, it seemed. And this professor had a profound walk with Jesus and a loving connection with students. And, and really, this professor was just a meeting place between Jesus and the students. He taught well. But oh my goodness, how well he discipled the students uh, beyond and in the midst of and before and after the teaching. And I heard this professor say one day to a student, to a small group of students, if there's anything in me you really like, any place where you really meet Jesus, then I can promise you it's out of my weakness. It's out of the long bouts of depression. It's out of anxiety that crushes my spirit and smothers me existentially at times. It's out of my complete brokenness and arrogance before God and others that I've had to come to Jesus time and time again. If you meet Jesus profoundly in me, it's out of my weaknesses, not out of my strengths. Somehow that rang so true to me when that professor said it. It was like thumping a fine crystal. I knew what he was saying was true, and I knew what he was saying was God's best opportunity in all of our lives. It's my custom to pray in the middle of the sermon, so let's pray a minute. Jesus, would you meet us today in just those places? Would you help us not waste time trying to 
just uh, defend our strengths or be ashamed of our weaknesses. Lord, would you just help us to turn to you and say, Lord, I'm strengthless. And if, I, if I'm not strengthless, I sure feel like it in this arena. Would you meet me there? Amen. The context of today's verse is the Apostle Paul writing to a church that he had planted, that he had discipled, uh, present there for two years. There were kind of these super apostles coming in and comparing their strength, their prowess, their ability uh, to be used of God in supernatural ways, their rhetoric skills, all of these credentials for leadership. They were basically drawing attention to their status as leaders and encouraging the Corinthians to follow their lead. And they were featuring the timidity and the blundering of Paul and his inability to speak in untrained ways. And uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians Christians for their sake, not for his. And he gets lured out, if you will, onto a field where the Apostle Paul makes it clear no one can win. He's saying, anytime we are in the kingdom of God and we're on a playing field that has to do with human dominance or being dominated, it is a, it is a ball game nobody wins in, whether it's those gaining dominion or whether it's those being dominated. But because Paul so loved the Corinthians, he said, I'm willing to come out on this field for you. I'm an idiot. I'm a fool, but I want to come out here to try to win you. Are they Hebrews? I'm greater. And he just goes, every credential they had, he, he, he maxed it out. Then he goes to Revelations and he's saying, oh, if they had some Revelations, I, I know, so, I, you know, he's, he's torn. He's, he's, uh, he almost becomes schizophrenic because he knows it's so not the ways of the all-powerful one whose name is love. God never, I should say never. Anytime you say God never, he's God. He overrides that. But when God most got ready to reach us, it was not a power move. He emptied himself and entered our world, a fallen world filled with weakness. It's a created world before it even fell, limited and weak in comparison to God. And came to us. And finally Paul can't stand it anymore. He just stops and says, you know, that just makes me proud. It makes me have too much of a sense of self-importance. I get to, I, it leads me to think I'm unique somehow. So let me start, let me get back to what really matters. God's ways of leadership and relationship and transformation. I have this thorn in the flesh, he says. And it's easy in here to sort of think of the, the thorn in the flesh as kind of a little distraction. Maybe he had a little depression. Maybe he had some eye problems, some physical thing. I'm really glad. I, I've done a fair amount of study on the thorn in the flesh. No one agrees. I love that because it welcomes us all, whatever our weakness is, to the table. Whether it was physical or psychological, emotional, or whether it was uh, conflicts and relational. But we have the temptation just to think it was a little distraction, a little something that uh, bothered the great apostle every once in a while. But the language in the Greek is way different from that. He says, this is a messenger of Satan. In interesting, I think it was uh, uh, Augustine, if it wasn't, it should have been, that said uh, that it was Satan's goad and God's gift, this thorn in the flesh. But Paul says, this messenger of Satan 
torments me. The Greek word that is translated buffet or torment really has the picture of being beaten. It's when people were beating Jesus with their fist. This is the part of it I love, to box one's ears. I've always been attracted to boxing, dabbled in it a little bit when I was younger. I was fighting in front of the athletes, maybe a hundred of them, a guy, and this was back in the day of Muhammad Ali and Joe Box. So I was Muhammad Huli, and he was Joe Box. I mean, Joe Frazier, excuse me. I'd fought this guy a little bit earlier, but in this particular round, and it would be when everyone was there, first thing, I walk out on the, I walk out on the mat where we were boxing, and he hit me right between the eyes. My eyes start to curl back in my head. I am going down if you've never been knocked out. You've seen it in the movies where people are going, no, that's exactly what I was doing inside, trying not to go down, no, and somehow I stayed on my feet, but the whole rest of the match. I don't even know how many rounds there were. He boxed my ears. All I was doing was trying not to go down. Just to survive. Tormented. Buffeted. That's what the great apostle Paul had going on in his life. And he cries to Jesus. If anyone knows Jesus, the apostle Paul knew him and was known by him. Lord, take this away. No. Lord, take this away. No. Lord, take this away and give me relief. I'm just trying to survive. And the one whose name is love said, No, I have something better in mind. This weakness, this place where you're strengthless, is the very place that my presence and my love, my delight, my divine acceptance, my work, all that I am can best connect with you and you with me. It was Cassiodorus, a 5th century, uh, yeah, 5th century monk, who said how odd it is, how mysterious it is that God granted Satan's wish to torment Job and did not grant the great apostle's wish to be set free from torment. God in his love is beyond our understanding. But he made it clear, this is my best love for you. This is the way you and I are going to be most intimate and most connected. And this is the place where People on planet Earth are going to meet me most profoundly in this place of torment. So Paul ends verse 9 by boasting. He's saying, it's my great pleasure to talk about my weakness. He might have said to us, welcome to the weakness service. Because in my weakness, a tabernacle, that's actually the picture of the word, where God regularly meets people, just camps out in our midst. But even better, when it says the Word became flesh and tabernacled in our midst. It's that place of greatest clarity and revelation and connectedness. And it's that promise that someday in Revelation where behold the tabernacle of God will be among us and with us. So this morning... When you come to the table, I want to invite you to come weak.
I want to invite you to come not considering your strengths or your accomplishments, but considering those places that you feel broken, maybe addicted. Maybe you've never one day ever lived in a place you felt Jesus died on the cross for you to be able to live in, but you just can't touch it. Maybe it's a place that hurts so bad that you don't even know how to stay alive. That's the place he's talking about when he says, my grace, grace is not an it, it's him. It's him liking us, loving us, accepting us, coming to us. Meet him here in the table, at the table of the Lord. Bring your weakness and receive his grace and help in your time of need.